0: Uh, once more, let me let me say that it's a, a great privilege to be with you all. It's it's uh, terrific to see uh, faces of friends uh, that've been part of uh, of our lives and part of the ministry of the center for uh, a number of years. And I appreciate the uh, support that comes from uh, Cornerstone Chapel. I, I've thought for a number of years that uh, person for person, it's got to be one of the more generous. Uh, churches and I, I appreciate it very much I have to say thank you for for folks who are too little and too young to to thank you for themselves and may never know uh, completely the the role that uh, you folks played in their lives even before they were born so we we appreciate that very very much I uh, spoke a little bit about a, a few of the the, uh, the current matters, I guess, in, in Sunday school, but uh, I want to read one more uh, little card to you. The, the, our friends who were part of the walkathon recently will have to indulge just a few moments, and uh, uh, this is something I read uh, there as well, but it is a, a card from one of the young ladies that we've served in the last couple of years. And she wrote this quite uh, unprompted. This was not something I pushed or suggested or uh, wrote for her and got her to sign or anything like that. It just came to our office totally uh, out of the blue. And I think it's very proper that we pass along some of the thanks that that we hear uh, because the the whole outfit is not just one person or or just whoever happens to be in the office at at a certain time. But it... uh, It's a there's a a team effort, uh, indeed, a a great host of folks in the area who have some role in what we do by their support and by their prayer, as well as uh, those who might be sitting in the office. But uh, this young lady just says uh, hardly a day passes that I don't think of you folks i have enclosed a photo and it's a picture of her her uh, little boy. Uh, He's turning one year old, and it's a huge milestone in many ways. Not just that he's healthy and God has blessed him, but I've survived a year of motherhood. Do I hear an amen on that one? In lieu of my circumstances, I've survived two years of my life that I honestly didn't believe I could. I didn't think someone could endure that much emotional pain, but praise God for His mercy and grace and love. I uh, praise God, too, for those whom He works through, I'm thankful to those who allow God to use them. You'll never know how much you mean to me or how thankful I am for you. If there are ever days you feel down or discouraged, do I hear an amen on that one? <laughs> Days you feel that all your efforts produce no results. Please take a look at this precious, smiling, one-year-old boy and praise God. Your efforts are not in vain. If I'm the only one you ever helped, it's been worth it. And my heart just overflows with gratitude. There you go. And as you uh, pray, you can pray for... Folks that that call our office or come by, and just keep in mind what what a pivotal time it is. What they usually call us when they're in the middle of a series of decisions uh, that will bring a great amount of, of shaping and uh, impact in their lives. When they're 80 years old, there will still be effects and impact in their lives from that series of decisions right at the time that they have been uh, calling us and that we have been able to to have some uh, ministry in their lives. So we appreciate your interest uh, very, very much. Uh, I am going to ask you to turn once more to Jeremiah chapter 2, Jeremiah 2. It sounds like you may have uh, read these words a few months ago together. But I'd like to highlight just a, a couple of verses in, in particular here. Uh, as you are probably aware from uh, it being so fresh to you, Jeremiah is living at a time when uh, things are not good uh, for the uh, Israelites, the, the northern uh, tribes are already gone. Uh, the Assyrians took care of them uh, some uh, years before Jeremiah's time. But the tribes that are left are facing much the same uh, fate and uh, the, the punishment that the Lord is going to bring to them this time through the Babylonians. It's, it's in fact imminent and the people are, are very hardened and callous and in an apostate uh, situation. They do not want to hear uh, the word of the Lord, don't want to hear any kind of challenge or, or correction. And uh, for the most part, uh, uh, Jeremiah is, has a, a very uh, difficult and thankless uh, calling uh, through most of his life. Uh, <clears throat> he speaks time and time again of the, the hardness of people's hearts and their need to turn uh, back to the Lord. And I, I don't ever suggest that we read what he says about the Israelites uh, and the coming judgment and, and just do a real neat kind of a cut and paste and, and apply it to modern day uh, America or, or our whole culture. But I, I do think it, it, that we can see the way that he describes uh, depravity and, and the sinfulness of the human hearts and the hardness that had set in. And, and see what the Lord says about that. And to the extent that it uh, is very pervasive and, and obvious in our culture. It, uh, it can apply and help us perhaps in understanding and, and addressing uh, the, um, the culture in which we live. Now I want to read uh, about half of the chapter with you. Let's start with verse 1. And listen carefully to these words that the Lord caused to be written for his people. Uh, Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, go and proclaim in the ears of Jerusalem saying, thus says the Lord. I remember concerning you the devotion of your youth, the love of your betrothals, the following after me in the wilderness through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord. The first of his harvest, all who ate of it became guilty. Evil came upon them, declares the Lord Uh, Now hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, what injustice did your fathers find in me, that they went far from me and walked after emptiness and became empty? And did they not say, where is the Lord who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and deep darkness, through a land that no one crossed, where no man dwelt. And I brought you into the fruitful land to eat its fruit and its good things. But you came and defiled my land, and my inheritance you made an abomination. The priests did not say, Where is the Lord? And those who handle the law did not know me. The rulers also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal, and walked after things that did not profit. Therefore I will yet contend with you declares the Lord. And with your sons. Sons. I will contend. For cross to the coastlands of Katim And see. And send to Kedar. And, and observe closely. See if there has been such a thing as this. Has a nation changed gods. Even when they were not gods. But my people have changed their glory. For that which does not profit, be appalled, O heavens, at this, and shudder, be very desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. I have thought that uh, Jeremiah was particularly gifted, and of course that had something to do with the prompting and leading of the Holy Spirit in his wording, but time and time again he describes the condition of the people's hearts in very, very graphic and very interesting ways. And the number we read in this passage, but I'd like you to notice particularly how he describes the folks in verse five. He's spoken about first of all claiming the Israelites to be his own possession. Uh, the passage goes on to talk about the many ways he had led them and blessed them and uh, brought them into a fruitful land and all. And and as if the Lord had done something wrong, <laughs> as if he had not quite kept his bargain, they just. Turned away from it. They just walked in other directions. And you'll notice at the end of verse 5, he speaks of them as having walked after emptiness. Walking after emptiness. Now, I think you all have heard this perhaps from me and undoubtedly from uh, Randy as well. Uh, the, the word walk, uh, that verb in uh, both, both the Old and New Testaments... is is really a loaded uh, word. We we pick that up again in in, uh, Ephesians in the passage we read. Uh, Walk is one of the key words, I think, in that particular book. But uh, either Testament, uh, when the Lord talks about the way people walk, it's not usually just, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and, and going from one place to the next. It's not just physical walking, but speaking about... Uh, Your course of life, uh, all that you do, it includes walking, and it includes talking, it includes eating, it includes the way we uh, relate to other people, it includes the way we live uh, on a ball field, and uh, in our homes, and in our jobs, and wherever we are, Uh, the course of of our life, and the the picture here is folks who completely directed their lives toward emptiness, uh, rather than toward the Lord and toward His ways. And you think about walking after emptiness, and what a, what a picture that is of, of people who have turned away from the Lord, who had every reason to, to love Him and trust Him and to, to see His goodness in their lives, but they turn away. Now, of course, in the immediate context and in much of the Old Testament, the people were drawn to other gods, false gods or, or idols. Uh, whereas the psalmist says, uh, as we read a few minutes ago, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And speaking of the Lord himself, uh, many of these folks would say, lead me to this hunk of rock, you know, or this wood or this uh, whatever it is made of that's dumber than I. You know, just time after time, they were drawn to these uh, products of, of their own hands. OK, so. Uh, You know, we kind of think uh, how silly, how ridiculous uh, until we realize that uh, we have more sophisticated (laughs) kinds of idolatry today, today, don't we? Uh, Drawn to anything that we look to uh, as if it is a God and uh, uh, anything else that shapes our uh, decisions and our affections and, and, and all that we are focused upon in life can be something of Uh, of an idol it can be uh, something that gives us false security walking after emptiness is walking after some cause or some person even Uh, it gives us uh, comfort or a sense of uh, fulfillment Uh, entirely a temporary uh, passing uh, attraction And time after time these come very close to our lives and uh, can be very enticing to us uh, even now and I will say that we hear a good bit in our office of folks who have trusted uh, false promises from very uh, unreliable people. And time after time, we talk to folks who have been drawn to follow and to shape their lives around uh, someone in that those settings. And in in a sense, all of this I think can be can come under the The heading of walking after emptiness, okay? Not walking according to the Lord's ways, but being drawn to those things that entice away from him and from his ways. Uh, Today's version then of what uh, Jeremiah is talking about is those who walk uh, after uh, affluence, uh, after other people, uh, after entertainment. And I I may be uh, Going a little bit farther out on a limb here, but I just want to suggest to you that um, in in our work we see today two pretty pretty distinct uh, subcultures, and, and sometimes there'll be a few kind of in the middle. It's hard to kind of pigeonhole one way or the other, but but for the most part, uh, two two very distinct uh, groupings of of folks. Uh, there are some that that. Uh, that we will hear about, and, and uh, some perhaps that fall into this category, uh, who are pursuing some marketable skills. They're wanting to, to be a productive uh, people, okay? And maybe in, in some cases the, the, uh, the motives aren't exactly pure. It may be just, you know, going for the affluence or what have you. But there's some, some drive, you know, some um, uh, aspiring in, in a certain uh, direction. Uh, but we do... Uh, meet up with a number of other folks who seem to have no ambition at all, no no direction whatsoever, okay? And and if you ask them, uh, what do you want life to be like in five years, basically about all they can think about is still alive. And then that's it. And just just no other uh, definition there. Uh, we, We see in this subculture folks who are completely... Uh, driven toward different kinds of entertainment in which they're very passive, right? And I remember uh, when we, we talked with the president of the, the college that our daughter went to several years ago, and, uh, and, and he, he kind of mentioned the way he got at this point was he said, you know, I, I asked sometimes uh, when a, a bunch of kids in the college are wanting to, to go hang out, and I'll say, what do you want to do? Or that, maybe they'll ask one another, what do you want to do tonight? And they'll say, we want to go to a movie. Okay. And then I'm not trashing all theater here. Just just get get this point here. And he says, you know, going to a movie is not doing anything. Okay. It it is going, watching something done. Maybe, you know, pass for that. But it's not doing anything. The the folks going are, are totally just watching, just observing, just taking it in. Uh, and sometimes that's that's, you know, all, all they can, you know, think to do. All right. But uh, for many folks, I think the, the, the primary occupation of life is, is something, you know, at the level of. Um, what am I going to wear my next trip to the mall? And who'll be there to see me when I do? And that's about it. And I don't know if I'm being too harsh, but it just seems to me that this term, walking after emptiness, fits such a great host of folks in our uh, day and time. And the tragedy of it is the rest of the verse, okay? And Jeremiah says, they walked after emptiness and became what? Surprise, surprise. Became empty. Empty people. Empty people. I hope folks don't put me in that category (laughs) sometimes. But I do believe that we live amongst a uh, generation that is quite empty in many ways. No spiritual interest at all. Just completely occupation with the present, entertainment, entertainment. Enjoyment, fulfillment, I guess in the old philosophy classes they would call it hedonism. The pursuit of pleasure and happiness as the highest goal. In many cases, I think uh, folks in this particular culture that are becoming more and more empty as they pursue the gods of emptiness. They have very little ability to relate or converse. Now, I understand just routine shyness. You know, there may be some in there, and and that's fine, all right? But I think it's quite another thing when folks just cannot carry on a sensible conversation, okay? Uh, In many cases, no depth of personality uh, no sense of amazement or fascination. Do you ever notice this? No, no sense of wow. That's neat. My, that's beautiful. Okay, and to to see something or, or be told something like this just gets kind of a, hmm, and just flat. You, you know what I mean, Chris? You, you see that? And just it, it's gone. And I, 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 I was, and I'm, I'm serious about this. I'm, I was glad when, and um, Randy mentioned they were going to have a meal today. Okay For a couple of reasons. One obvious, okay? But uh, you, you all can kind of continue the sermon a little bit. You ought to maybe talk to one another about some of the ways you see verse 5 played out in, in our culture,, okay, the pursuit of emptiness and people in turn just living rather empty lives. okay The, the tragedy that, that it is, Uh, Perhaps uh, you all will will have suggestions about uh, ways that that you've noticed this in uh, in your own settings. But all of these, these, uh, this pursuit of emptiness and and becoming empty themselves will have effects that that play themselves out uh, in in the job site, in marriages, in all of the culture that our children and their children will live in uh, on down the line. Uh, All stemming from this turning from the true and living God, this disregard for his uh, goodness that's designed to lead them to repentance and turning from him toward a lifestyle of of, uh, just complete emptiness and in turn uh, becoming empty themselves. Now, uh, a lifetime really of, of idolatrous pursuits will have many effects, but sometimes it is its own punishment. And if we uh, need a little help on this, we could just scan down the page to uh, uh, verse 19 of the same chapter. Jeremiah says, Your own wickedness will correct you, and your apostasies will reprove you. Know therefore and see that it is evil and bitter for you to forsake the Lord your God, and the dread of me is not in you, declares the Lord of hosts. Uh, This is kind of an expanded version of the proverb the way of the transgressor is hard. And we might say there are two different ways we can learn that. One, open the Bible and read it. and Say, yep, the Lord says it's got to be true. I'm going to go with that. Or the other way you can learn it is live the way of the transgressor and, and experience it in many ways. And tragically, many choose that way. We have another interesting example for us, kind of a a ready-made sermon illustration. I appreciate Jeremiah throwing this in, in verse 13. I want to talk to you about um, cisterns. Now, I'll go ahead and get this out of the way. No, it's it's not the feminine form of brethren, okay? Let's just dispense with that, okay? But you know what a cistern is? Uh, Probably folks in previous generations... Knew what they were, and I think there's uh, one of sorts that was dug out here toward the Benhams area that you may have seen as kind of a reservoir to catch uh, rainwater when uh, <laughs> it was available. Uh, but a, a cistern is, is simply something that, that holds water for, for use, uh, perhaps drinking or, or what have you. In uh, Jeremiah 2.13, uh, he says, the Lord says, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Now, if I can try to be hard over here without the mic there. But it's, it's like this. If I were you know, really thirsty after the service and felt like I needed some water, uh, probably i could probably go back here and get a, a cup and some ice to, to get to the tap or you've got a fountain back there get some water. And drink it and it would be good and you think, well yeah, that makes some sense that's probably going to help you as quick as possible that's what you ought to do but what if I said you yeah, know I just don't think that water's good enough I just don't know if I'm going to like that water I think I'm just going to take my own cup and take it outside and find the Or a pond or a river or a tunnel or whatever and get a drink out of that. What do you think? Well, that wouldn't be too smart, Look, I just took my cup and went on out and started to find some of those places you'd think, ooh, that sounds yucky, that might make you sick. That's not gonna help you. Why would you do that? Good question. Doesn't make sense, does it? To go from good water that would sustain my life, to find something that might hurt me. But people of Israel didn't just stop there. And the prophet said they used a certain kind of cup or certain kind of a cistern. All right. Now I'll give you a helpful hint here, just in case you're interested. Uh, if you go get uh, one of the big T's there at the house, sometimes they really load down the whole iceberg in and, and there, you know, you've got to take a strong kind of, you try to get it maneuvered all the way to the bottom, you've got to be a little careful uh, when it gets to the bottom. Okay? You know why? What happens when you jam the saw down too hard? <laughs> <laughs> people were doing walking away from a good water horse, going to look for something that was dirty, foul, polluted, not dirty. And what they were taking wasn't even a cup. was whole cold water. And they were starving spiritually. they even realizing. And that's an interesting picture, isn't it? From folks who know of the Lord's goodness, have tasted of His love and His care, in the case of the Israelites, those who enjoyed every benefit of his covenant and just decided they wanted something different. They wanted something better. Something tastier. Something a little more interesting. And being drawn to Egypt, Syria, whatever other nation was going at that point, for their help, for their security for their guidance. And it's like the pitiful case of somebody taking a cup like that, trying to find enough to drink to sustain their lives in a local pond or river or stream or whatever. And before we think, my goodness, how silly, how ridiculous, I would never... Well, some of us may be uh, sitting here thinking, you know, that's a lot like the life I used to live. That's real close to home. And we can praise the Lord for His grace and His kindness that has brought you back to the fountain of living waters, to the Lord Jesus Himself. And some of us can uh, look at this and before we laugh too much, have to say, you know, there's some times it's a little bit tempting to live, live like that too. Even now, there are temptations to turn from the Lord, to walk after other things. And perhaps there are things that need to be discussed. Perhaps it sounds very, very close to home. And if we need to do that before we leave today, then that would be... Terrific. I'd be happy to do that myself and Randy others I'm sure would as, as well. But as we uh, read this passage, some of us uh, have to say, you know, uh, I think I work around a lot of people that are walking after emptiness. I think I go to school with folks who are walking after emptiness. I think I live in a complex or in a neighborhood around folks who are walking after emptiness. And I would encourage us to pray for the Lord's guidance and, and look for opportunities to speak to these folks in the Lord's gracious providence. We have a wonderful opportunity with its frustrations, of course. But at the Pregnancy Center, we have a number that some folks will call who have come to realize the pointlessness of walking after emptiness, and they've seen a taste of some of the emptiness of their choices. And they have been, in many cases, hurt and burnt and betrayed and disappointed. And some of them are ready to hear, you know, there's a different way to live. And perhaps we need to hear some of the things you would heard as a kid in a few cases Some of the things that the Lord has to say in His claim upon our lives. So I thank you now for hearing this and ask you to bow with me as we pray about these matters. Our Father, we are grateful to you for the passage as convicting as it is and as clear as it is in describing the lives of those who have turned from You and are walking a path of emptiness and in turn becoming just empty people. Father, what a tragedy it is as we see the damage and the wreckage uh, with just this generation and to think of what it might be leading to in following generations. Father, I do pray that that in all of the ministries that you put within our reach, starting within our own homes and families, that we might impress upon uh, one another uh, to cling to you, uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ, and Father, to to follow you uh, in any uh, respect in life. Our Father, we would ask you to uh, be very gracious in the lives of those around us, who are within our reach, uh, with whom we converse, and work, and uh, play, and and uh, and, and Father, in, in any connection that we have, uh, Father, that uh, we might be able to speak with them about the gospel, Father, that uh, Your Spirit might be opening their eyes to the emptiness of their choices and their uh, own directions. Lord, we ask You to be very gracious in times of temptation. We look to You for those uh, ways of escape that You promised to bring uh, to us in the times that we are tempted and drawn in the direction of of emptiness and uh, choices that lead further to uh, emptiness and and, uh, damage in our own relationship with You. Uh, Father, I ask you to continue to bless in the work of the Center and many other agencies and ministries that you have raised up Uh, very graciously. We ask you to sustain the needs that are there and to bless in the opportunities to speak to folks who have come face to face uh, with the emptiness of their lifestyles and their choices. Uh, We ask that you would be very gracious And all of the dear folks that have gathered here and that you would continue to use uh, the word as as it has been sown in our lives today. That it may not be quickly snatched away, but it would take root and bear fruit for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it in His name. Amen.